Hi, this is Tom D'Antoni, and this is the second of our Coffee Shop Conversations mini-episodes. Yes, I said mini, even the world campy is campy, I know, whatever. Josh Mom has been here before on his new album, Saints and Renegades. He's building himself as Josh Allen Mom. He's a.k.a. Redwood Son, also the name of his band. He's been known as Josh Mom Tree, and I think Prince. Maybe not. He's releasing his new album as an LP, available only at Music Millennium at first, with a rollout later on. He was here a few months ago talking about a prospective move to Nashville. We'll see how that went. We'll also find out how it felt to have a new album recorded and ready to go, and then sit on it for three years. The life of a musician, huh? Anyway, Josh is an interesting cat. Why else would I have invited him back? Let's catch up and find out about the new album and hear a track when we're done talking. Josh. Hello, sir. Well, you're in here a lot. Yeah, every month. <laughs> That's going to stop. Because your album is out. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> more hold- talking. I'm holding it here in my hand. It is an actual LP. Yeah. Of course, you have a CD also of the uh-huh. same album. Um, and uh, it, it's, a, uh, it's a real LP. It's a real LP. Now, you told me last week or sometime <laughs> that this was that you recorded this really to be an LP yeah why is that I, I don't know it was a mixture of things I was there was a period of time where people knew that vinyl was making a comeback and mm-hmm. that that was going to be a platform that if you were you know willing to take the risk or whatever financially that that would be something that would stand out a bit more and so there was a marketing side but then there was also just the the idea that um the songs that I was writing and the style of music and the mm-hmm. the tonality and the sonic quality of it that that was going to really match up well with vinyl so mm-hmm. yeah so it was it was like a bucket list thing but then once we recorded after our we had, we did like an 8 day lockout yeah, and uh, on that eighth day, at the end, we were just we were all sitting there listening to the. Rough it sounds mixes. like a creation story. And on the eighth day, it actually yeah. Well, it was it was on the, it was on the eighth day, and then it was on the eighteenth of uh-huh. April uh-huh. when we finished tracking, and we we're listening to the rough mixes, and I was just like, "This definitely needs to be on vinyl." Huh. And how did you know that? Just the the tones and everything, you know, the guys that we had in the studio. We had Louis, mm-hmm. you know, he's he played probably Longmire, s- yeah, Longmire. Yeah. He, he played like six different guitars. We had Matt Voth. He played five different basses, you know. Jeez. Played like a fretless, and he played this Rickenbacker, and uh, you know, we we're just trying to get different tones. And Steve Berlin was mm-hmm. that was that was his his main. He was, you know, just kind of being mad scientist with some of the tones. Mm-hmm. And Paul Brainerd, pedal steel, he did, he's obviously very outside the box with his with his tones. Yeah. So, yeah, once we went back and we're listening to the mixes, we're like, this is really, this is like an old kind of vintage sounding mm-hmm. record. Even though they're more contemporary songs, it has this real throwback feel to it. So, on that 
eighth day yep. on the 18th of April. Uh, that was my that was my goal. It was like absolutely, no matter what, this is going to come out on vinyl. And then three years later, to the day, <laughs> I picked it up from Crave Dog. The vinyl came in, went and picked it up. And I was like, oh man, this is this is three years to the day that we got that that I said I want to do vinyl. Wow. With this record, and it took three years. So now we have it. Three years. Yeah. It's, isn't it painful to sit on it that long? Yeah. 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 It's the weirdest. Yeah. This is the weirdest thing I've ever done. Really? Yeah. Well, because you, you know, you're excited, but then you're not. Then you go through phases of this is just shit, and then all of a sudden you're like inspired by it again, and then there's all this hurry up to wait. You know, I had to rush to get the vocals totally done so I could get it off to mixing um, to hit the deadline with, with the mixing engineer that we had. And I sent him the drive, and then he didn't even open it for almost four months. Wow. And so I'm sitting there just thinking, I'm going to be getting mixes any day now. Oh, and then I geez. get an email, and he's like, hey, uh, just just get into this project now. I'm like, what? You've had my drive for four months. Like, I could have been doing... So, there's that side of it where there was so much hurrying up to wait and so many things could have been done better if I had known what kind of timeline I was really working on. But um, then there's just the excitement, the ups and downs of being excited then not being excited then thinking that it's just garbage and just start over and then... Huh feeling inspired and wanting people to know about it and then putting out certain content. Like I put out a, a, you know, a music video two years ago for one of the songs on the album and it was supposed to be followed up shortly after with the full album. But then all this time goes by and then I'm trying to find ways to release an EP and I'm like, well, what is this about? And thought about shopping it around and wasn't really getting a whole lot of bites on it but I also wasn't really pushing it that hard and I think I probably subconsciously just wanted to do it myself I yeah. guess so I started my own label for West Decana and then yeah. that became a whole year of just promoting that and so yeah <laughs> three years later wow. finally have the vinyl and I was kind of holding out or buying time before I had that because I didn't want to go I don't want to backtrack. I could never understand why bands put out an album and they make it available everywhere. Digitally, they make it available right away and there's no real press campaign behind it. It's just kind of, uh -huh. here, get the album now. I'm so excited to put it on the... And then, and then they backtrack and they release a vinyl like you know, uh -huh. nine months later or yeah. something yeah. to an album that people may have not even really liked that much. Or I just wanted to somehow hold on to the integrity of mm -hmm. that original physical yeah. album. LP. So is the vinyl available now? It's available now at Music Millennium. Why did you choose that? Just because Terry's been really supportive over the years. Of everybody. Of everybody, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not special, but uh, I, I just like the model of like old school record, record uh -huh. stores and it is a record. It's a record. And yeah. I just, I don't know. It's like how many record stores are there anymore that right. have, have somebody who's, who's as passionate about physical product as, you know, a guy like Terry. 
Plus, I'm doing distribution with with Burnside, uh-huh. his distribution company. So, um, this is like a little pre-release segue to the distribution that we're doing, national distribution that we're doing in the fall, and then um, just because it's local. Yeah. And then it'll also be you can you can pre-order the vinyl online as well at my website. Yeah. And it'll just, it'll just get mailed out to you. But mm-hmm. gonna just try to get that physical product out you know through the spring into the summer and then it will officially come out at the end of the summer and then I'll go tour the whole country and see who see who really wants it <laughs> so Am I, are you that, convinced it's actually going to be in a, in a in a record bin that people can flip through yeah pretty good I think they actually put it in a country section though uh-huh. <laughs> So, for well, anybody listening that's going to go look for it, they, there is a display up front, I think, when you walk uh-huh. in the door. Uh, well, where else would they put it? Back in the vinyl section, in the back. No, I mean, I mean, you said it's, it's in country, but what, what other section would it oh, be? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's a great question. They don't... Yeah. It's, it's all pretty black and white when it comes to categories, so... Yeah. I think it could be put in, in the rock section, but uh-huh. it's kind of old... Like, it's pretty country. It's, it's got some. Well, but the thing it's is, got some twang. The thing is, when people say country now, I I do think it's it's probably better to say Americana. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I, 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 I don't like to get hung up in genres because <clears throat> it's it's a losing proposition. Yeah. But um, you know, country has a a different. A different connotation, right? You know. Well, as you know, I went to Nashville in the fall and spent some time down there, and then went back at the start of the year. And what I learned about myself down yeah. there is that I'm too country for the Northwest <laughs> and not country enough for the South. <laughs> so it's a good thing that I coined myself West Decana because yeah. that's yeah. pretty much right there in the pocket it's like what's West Economy all you gotta do is just think about what is that like, yeah. what, what do you visualize when you hear West Econa? Yeah. and if you had a soundtrack to go to that word then it would be my music so huh. how can you how can you be not country enough what was it how did that work well I should say it wasn't a bad thing no, nobody was like oh yeah you're not you're not country enough get out of here they actually love the it's yeah. it's refreshing to them that I that I have my uh-huh. own vibe. Um, I should specify for the radio format uh-huh. of country music, which is a complete right. just bastardization yeah. these days. Anyways, right. that it's not country enough in terms of the the pop country. Well, commercial radio and any kind of commercial radio music format is going to be fucked. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's just the way it is, you know. The thing is, and I'm sure that plenty of other people feel the same way, but you know, I I could do that stuff. You know, I there there are parts of it that I like. Uh huh. Um, I was having fun just writing shitty pop songs down there. <laughs> I was I was having fun with it. I mean, I, I wrote this song about. 
the, the hook goes, uh-oh, did it again. Went and fooled around and blew another friendship. <laughs> it was like talking about too much whiskey and too much wine and yeah. too much moonshine. and yeah. uh, I don't know. There's just something appealing about the whole pop writing process. But uh-huh. for my own music as an artist where I'm trying to keep it real, that's where... You know, it's just, it's my own thing. It's not country enough. But then here, you know, if you're not traditional country or honky-tonk in the Northwest, then then you're a cover band, pretty much. Right. There's no real in-between. You can't be... Yeah. And there's clearly a lot of Americana in the the region, but Uh I feel like that even gets totally overused with, you know, just a lot of string bands and... Uh Uh-huh. Like, hey, there's another band with upright bass and (laughs) dobro and banjo and fiddle. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no problem with any of them. I love that stuff. Sure. But I think it's just remarkable that the the terms are being so misused and misguided and that good old, like, traditional-based country music... Uh As far as the, you know, the progressions, the chord progressions and the storytelling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like a lost art up here. And it, mm-hmm. especially in Portland, it seems like, and I am getting a little older, so mm-hmm. I suppose that's part of my acceptance. I'm, I'm, I'm a little older, so. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, when you listen to this album, mm-hmm. um, that's three years ago. And that's is that this is like a place in time where you were at that point. So when you listen to it, how do you how do you look at yourself? Well, that's what's really cool about it is I feel like it's kind of timeless. I don't uh-huh. I don't feel like other than some lyrical changes here and there where I would have changed some phrasing or I would have uh-huh. come up with a better line if I didn't feel like I was rushed to get my hard drive to mix engineer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just a, it's frozen in time. I don't feel, yeah. I don't feel like I was a worse singer or a, I don't feel like I'm a better anything now that I was then. And uh-huh. I mean, I've probably improved in some ways, but I feel like it's just a representation of like an authentic uh-huh. attempt or uh-huh. effort. Are these songs autobiographical? Yeah, mostly, yeah. yeah. And because I was touring so much prior to going in the studio, and Steve, he reached out to me in February of 2014, Mm -hmm. and we had been talking for about two and a half, three years, flirting about doing a record. And he just reached out right at a time where I decided to take a hiatus for a bit. Because I had just run myself to the ground and I was just ragged, so I was ready to just relax and and just be at home for a little bit, you know, hang out with my son and just do normal, <laughs> just normal stuff. And then he mm-hmm. reached he reached out, and said, "Hey, I had a project fall through, you know, maybe it's time we do that record." I'm like, mm. "Oh man," <laughs> I was like, "Are you sure?" So I had to do some soul searching to decide if that was really the right time to do it because I had these song ideas but I hadn't actually fleshed them out huh. 
So then we went in and, you know, his, his expertise is really with compositions and arrangements and stuff. So mm-hmm. he took these songs that I had been basically just toying with ideas. We came up with some arrangements that felt natural. And then I ended up doing a lot of the writing in the studio. Really? Yeah, because I didn't have the time before that. Yeah. So yeah. a couple of the songs, um, as far as the autobiographical nature, one of them in particular, like The Ocean, that ended up being probably my favorite on the whole record. Really? Yeah, that was just a, a song about just relationships in mm-hmm. general and sort of all the relationships that I had been in. Yeah. You know, every every woman in my life, from my, from my mom to... Right. It all just came out in that song, and it was one of those things that just happened, you know, in a, in one day, like one session, the whole thing just popped out. And so <laughs> I felt really lucky that I had held out for a while, not not forcing what the song was supposed to be about, and uh-huh. then just waited for it to come to me uh-huh. based on the music. And so it was autobiographical, but it was more about letting the music dictate what the song was about as opposed to uh-huh. writing a song and then saying, all right, what kind of instrumentation are we going to put to this? Yeah. So it was cool. So are you, are, uh, did, have we missed a, uh, a, 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 an engagement at Music Millennium? <laughs> are you going to do an, an, an in-store? Um, well, I did an in-store on okay. Friday. Oops. Last Friday, which was, it was a very... Long story short, I had a, I had a Skype live studio yeah. session that was set, and things have been going a little wonky over there. Uh-oh. And, well, yeah. I mean, I think everybody knows about it, but I just decided it wasn't, I don't know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go that route. I didn't want the, the pressure of all that. I yeah. just really wanted yeah. to. It was a it was a, a very spontaneous in store. Terry said, "Yeah, how about six o'clock Friday?" And we threw it together like forty eight hours in advance, and just yeah. you know basically used that as an opportunity to say, "Okay, this thing is officially released physically in this store all right. only." So I'm now, sure there will be another something down. All right. Down so the road. now we know where to get it. If you're in Portland, yeah. If you're I mean, in Portland, well, I know you have listeners all over oh, the world. Oh, yeah, so. Kuala Lumpur and yeah. uh, uh, and, and and Venice. Yeah, so they would have to and go all online. All the Dantonis in, in Sicily, they listen every week. <laughs> all right, so it's called Saints and Renegades. Josh Mom, thanks for coming in, and uh, we'll uh, we'll go out with uh, uh, like the ocean. Thanks a lot.
Cause she can't